Welcome to the 315 Podcast, a ministry of Jackson First Baptist Church where we're committed to answering the questions of our day from a biblical perspective. My name is Keith and I have the privilege to be one of the hosts for this podcast. Usually alongside of me is Pastor Chris and today he had a previous assignment so he could not be here. But the topic today is so crucial and that we talked through it that I wanted to go ahead today and, and share it with you the listening audience. And just let me say uh, at this point, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for sharing it with others. Thank you for your feedback uh, to this podcast. As we said, we exist to answer the questions of our day. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and 15, it says this, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. That's why we chose the podcast 315. We're giving God's answer for the things that are taking place in our world. Today, usually at this point in a podcast, I would look at Pastor Chris and ask him to introduce the topic today. And so, so here is the topic. The topic is how to gain traction in one's faith. How to gain traction in one's faith. The question was sent to us, and, and I kind of rearranged the, out of the question as the, the title of our talk together today on the podcast. But the question was asked, why is it that I cannot seem to get anywhere in my faith? The person that asked the question did not send it in online. They asked it in person. Here it is again. How is it that I don't seem to get anywhere in my faith? That is, my friend, a very common question. Some of you who are listening to the day to the podcast, you maybe are going through a time in your life that, that you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you're going to church, you're making commitments, but still yet you don't seem to be getting anywhere in your faith. It seems like you, you go back to the same thing. Uh, Pastor Chris is, is going through the book of Hebrews right now uh, with the kids on Wednesday night. And, and then in the book of Hebrews, it talks about moving forward. It, it talks about not staying where you are in your faith. He says that you should make, pay much closer attention that you would add to your faith, that you would grow in your faith. Peter said that in 1 Peter chapter 2. He said that you might grow by the sincere milk of the Word of God, throughout the Word of God. It's always about following through and growing and getting traction in your faith. So the good question is how can we gain traction in our faith? Well, first, I, I would say this, and, and lean into this. You have to be in faith before you can grow in faith. You have to be in faith before you can grow in faith. Now, you, you may be trying to help somebody, and, and you've, you've met them, and, and you're trying to give them principles of Christianity, but it seems like they're not getting it. Well, in Matthew's gospel in chapter 13, Jesus gives a parable. He gives a parable of the soul, and in the parable of the soul, he said that the seed was the Word of God, and it talked about four different types of soul that received the seed of the Word. And one of them was the hard ground, a beaten path. It said that the Satan pulled away the Word before they received it. But then there were two others, and the other two, was one was the rocky ground, and when tribulation came, they left the faith. The other was that it was sown in the midst of briars and bushes and weeds. And when the cares of this life choked out the seed, but then there was the good soul. And in the good soul, it bore fruit, some 20, some 40, and some 100 fold. 
Now, listen to this, friend, as you're driving along or, or sitting in your home. Think about this. Not everyone will progress at the same rate of faith. And not everyone will attain the same, same amount of success as far as working in the kingdom of God. But if there's no success, then that's an indicator that you need to know the Lord. Paul put it this way, writing to the Galatians about Jesus, that Jesus gave himself for us, for our sins, Galatians 1 and 4, to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God and Father. You see, when a person awakens, my friend, to the reality that they need faith, he or she repents of their sin. They turn away from that sin, and then they take a step of faith in following Jesus. And, and when they do that, now watch this, the Christian life becomes a life of not only faith, but it becomes a life of focus. So you have to be in faith before you can grow in faith. And watch this, if you get in faith and you fail to realize what you've been given in your faith, you will not, here it is, you will not follow through. Now, someone, maybe no one ever told you this about faith, but there's some things that God gives you. He gives you redemption. He gives you forgiveness of your sins. He gives you a Bible. He gives you a church. But there's some other things that God gives, and I call them essentials to follow through. So if you're going to gain traction, and maybe maybe I think about a mom that, that's really trying to put principles of, of faith in their child, and that's a good thing. And Chris would say amen to that. That's a, that's a good thing. But just know this as you're sharing that seed, the first part of the seed that's going to take, take root, it will be the seed of salvation. So if you're trying to get a kid to do principles that are not a part of them, don't be frustrated. Just know you're, you're trying to, oh God, get them to salvation. And once they come to that, once they are in faith, then you can help that kid grow in faith. Still share all the other principles, but don't be frustrated that you're doing something wrong. It's, it's, it has not taken root yet. Now, if you, you are, are a teenager and you've prayed to receive Christ, and, and I'm thinking about how many times this happens, and, and see if you, if you have seen this happen. Someone will say, I received Christ, and, and, but I've kind of gotten away, so I need to rededicate and get baptized again. And, and you, you've heard people say that, and, and, and we see people get baptized many times because they, they're not following through, and they think that I'm walking steps, and I've got to go back to that step. Well, that, that's not true at all. When we talk about follow-through, we're talking about this. It, it is a concept that you, you begin something, and you continue it until you conclude. Now you say, I'm not following you. Well, think about it in this way. Have you ever bowled before? Before I hurt my shoulder, I would go bowling, and I, and I can remember going bowling, and I could, I could go up and bowl three frames in a row, get two or three pins, get four pins, or, or get a spare. But then it would just seem like everything just lined up. You know what I'm talking about as you listen? Then there was just that, this perfect follow-through that I had, and I bowled a strike. Now think about this. Then the very next frame, I might bowl a gutter ball. How, how could this be? Well, it could be that in the one that, that listened to this, that I, I bowled a strike, I had a perfect follow-through. But the other ones that I bowled, I didn't have the same follow-through. Now, this is important. 
This is important. I came across an article from Body Mechanics Physical Therapy, and it was dated January of 221. And the article was about follow-through. Listen to what, uh, what the author said, and I quote, Anytime we gain something new or we perform a task we have never done before, it takes repetition to gain understanding of the skill or the task. But also this, the, the author said it takes muscle memory and body recognition. Now, you say, well, why do you say all this? What does this got to do with, with my question about why I can't seem to gain traction? Well, here, it's because of the next thing. Listen to what the author said. Without the body and brain being on the same page, it becomes more difficult to complete the new skill. Now, this, this is so important. How do we get our body and our brain, now listen to this, on the same page with God? Our body, now think about this, our body is our life. Our, our brain is the, the center of decision-making. We say it is the heart, and God used that as an analogy. But for us in this moment, it is the heart and the mind that must work together with the body. Now watch, to follow through. For example, we have, I can remember years ago a person that was struggling with pornography. Years and years and years ago, they, they said this, I want to do what God says to do. And they would make that commitment and they would pray. But then they, listen, they, they were struggling to get traction. And the reason they were struggling was they could not get their body and mind on the same page with God. Now, there's a book of the Bible that, that I want to refer you to that helps us to do this. It, our, our men's ministry studied this last year, our Iron Men ministry. It is the book of Galatians. Paul wrote the book of Galatians to answer those who were, who were keeping the church from having traction. You say, what do you mean? Well, the church said this because Jesus said that we are saved by grace through faith. But what was happening was the, the, Galatia, the churches in the Galatia region had embraced salvation by faith through grace. But there were those who came in to the church who said this, that's well and good, but you've got to do something else. In other words, you, they said that you had to be circumcised or you had to do good works. And so Paul corrects the problem in Galatians 2, 15 through 17. He said, it's not by works of righteousness a person is saved, but it is by faith in Jesus Christ. So again, remember what we said at the beginning of our podcast today. You must, you must begin in faith before you can grow in faith, or you must possess faith before you can progress in faith. And so Paul is writing to the church, and he really gets into it in chapter 3 and, and verse 1. Listen to what he says. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this, Paul said. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing by faith? Now, this is an important moment. Paul, Paul will, will go on and talk about this more in depth for a moment. Paul is saying this, you began your faith with a relationship with Jesus, you received the Spirit. Now, what in the world does it mean to receive the Spirit? Now, now lean into this, friend. This is very, very important. Lean into this. On the day and the very moment when you, as a person, cried out to God, Lord, save me. Now, what you meant by that, you were saying to God, God, I, I repent of my sin, 
and I ask that you give me a new life. When you do that, Jesus calls out to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune Godhead, and said, he said this, go and make that person new. Now, that's called, in theological terms, the doctrine of regeneration. Titus 3 and 5 says, we're not redeemed by works of men, but by the, the righteousness of God through, the, through, listen to this, the redemption and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Wayne Grudem in Systematic Theology, he, he's, here's, the response, here's the second part of our talking dialogue. Grudem says, Keith, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit is the secret act of God in which God imparts spiritual life to us. Now, as I think about that, I would say back to Dr. Grudem, is that the only place it's taught in Scripture? Dr. Grudem would come back again, and he would tell me, Keith, this was promised throughout the whole Old Testament. And God had promised in the Old Testament, according to Ezekiel 36, that there would be a day when the Spirit would come, and He would give us a new heart, and He would put a new spirit within us. He would take our heart of flesh which is of stone, and give it a heart, a new heart. He would put his spirit within us and cause us to walk in God's statues, friend. Now listen to this, and be careful to observe his ordinance. So the, here's, the, here's the deal. At the moment that the person repents, part of our salvation is receiving, listen to this, the regeneration of the spirit but also this, the filling of the Spirit to lead and guide our lives. Here is, here is the, the, the point for our talk today. Well, how do you gain traction in your faith? It's the Holy Spirit that leads you to do that. So Paul was saying to the Galatians in, back in chapter 3 when he asked them who had bewitched them, he was saying, who has deceived you that you believe? Now here it is, friend, that by your own effort, you can live your life as a Christian. Maybe you're still not getting this. As we go along, maybe, maybe it will, there was something that will help you even more. See, the, the Holy Spirit is God's follow-through. When I'm bowling, if I have the perfect follow-through, I'll bowl a strike or, or at least hit nine pins. But if I have a total uh, non-follow-through, the ball's going to be all over. And every day... God intends for you to awaken and surrender your life new and afresh, not to be saved. It's called sanctification. Now, Paul wrote in verse 3, Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, that you're now completing your faith, becoming well-rounded in your faith, gaining traction in your faith? Now, watch this, by human effort. Now, lean in this. Apart from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you can never mature. You can never be well-rounded. You can never, never listen to this, in your human effort, get your mind and body on the same page. It's, it's, it's going to be impossible. You see, the Spirit works in your new life to give you the mind of Christ. And once you get that mind of Christ, you now, listen, to this, here it is, you know what Jesus did, and so that you want to trust what he did is best for you. You say, what do you mean? That, that is a total different understanding than I grew up with. I grew up with this, Keith, pray and receive Christ. Now that you receive Christ, do your best to work hard, go to church, obey every principle you can find in the Bible, 
and you'll grow. Well, friend, those are all true parts of it, but the follow-through has to be there. Not just the follow-through of doing these things. Let, 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 me, let me illustrate it this way. Tim Keller, in his book, Galatians for You, just in an amazing way, gave an application. Here's what he said. The same way the Spirit entered your life should be the same way the Spirit advances your life. Now that the Spirit is there, so, so let me ask you this. If you're struggling to get traction, ask yourself this. Do you possess a living faith? Have you given your life to Jesus? Do you know that you know that you know that there was that transformation that came? You were Lord, now He is. There was, a, there was the break that came. You were living for yourself and the enemy and the world. One of those three. And now you're living for God. And when you do that, the Spirit now is in your life. So how, to, how does it progress? Here, here's Tim Keller's application. He said this, let's suppose... Let's suppose before you became a Christian that you struggled with anger. The Bible says, be angry and sin not, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. The Bible talks about not having an angry disposition. So, the way that I was trained would be this. I would simply come to God now that I'm a Christian. I would say, Lord, I have a problem with anger. God, remove it. Remove it by your power. Give me the power to forgive, for example, if that is the issue why I'm angry. So now think about it. You've probably done this. What, take your issue. Instead of saying, God, I have a problem with anger, say this, God, I have a problem with whatever it is you have. Say it out to God. I'm sure you've probably have said it already. You've probably said, God, please remove me from a filthy mouth or from gossip or God always talking, always being dominating. God, God remove it but you found that God didn't remove it. You've said, God, give me the power to X, Y, and Z. Listen to me. Paul would come back and apply the gospel here. And this is, this is, this is profound, my friend. As you listen to this today, don't, don't turn it off. Or Hang with me. I know this is hard, so may the Holy Spirit direct it. Hang with me. Now listen to this. Paul would tell us, the uncontrolled bitterness and anger you have in your life is a result of not living in line with the gospel. So this means, now watch, now listen, that through though, excuse me, that though we began with Jesus as Lord, something now has become our functional Savior in place of Jesus. Now let's work through this. Instead of believing that Christ is our hope, and goodness, we are looking to something else as a hope, to some other way to make us feel good and complete. Why is it, for example, do we think that we need willpower to forgive? Will somebody's repentance bring us joy and fulfillment? You see, only Christ can do this. The Spirit will direct us, now watch, to repent of our self-righteousness and the lack of rejoicing in the finished work of Christ. So when I'm angry, the Spirit does not give me the power to quit being angry. The first thing the Spirit does is say, Keith, let's get at the core at why you are angry. So think, this is profound. I, my, my faith will finally start to take root when I get to the core issues of why it's not. Oh, I, oh, I wish Chris was here to, to bounce back on that. And, I, and hopefully you're bouncing back that. Think about your marriage. You're praying to love your spouse, and it's not happening. 
you just can't seem to do it, or you're trying to love your children. And he's like, God, you're just not working. I don't get any traction here. And the Holy Spirit, listen to me, his work is not only to tell you what Christ did, his work is the work of conviction. Yes, it is power, but power to overcome Satan and sin and the enemy. But if you're still doing the sin, you can't love. So in that anger, if you're angry at your spouse, you've got to get at the core of that. It may be the Spirit leads you to confront them. The Spirit may lead you to repent of why you're angry. See, when Christ becomes the reason for our doing what we do, oh, I love this, then it changes. We, we pray like this, Lord, I'm sorry that I'm sinning against you, and God, I want to obey. You see, then, then, you're, then the Holy Spirit says, I will empower you to do that. Because you don't want to do this any longer because it's hindering your walk with Christ. You now love because Christ is center stage. In other words, you're following through God's way. I, I wonder, are, are you getting that in this moment? Are you ready for me just to end the podcast to, to, and just say, wow, that was great? Well, I, I think maybe not. You say, why? Well, because when you read Galatians, Paul, Paul continues to, to work with the Galatian church, and he, he continues to write because the Holy Spirit tells him to. For example, you go to chapter 5, and in chapter 5, verse 1 says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. What are we free from? We are free from this thinking. Now, listen, this thinking that was anti-God. And now you're free to focus on living for God. And God said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to help you do that. To live this new life, the follow-through is, is when you're, the Spirit says, God wants you to do it this way. The follow-through is when the Holy Spirit says, hey, there, there's a lock up there that you can't do it this way because there's some things you've got to get out of your life. Then there is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do it because in freedom, you want to do it for the right reason. For example. Why would I want to love Sherry? If it's just to get something from her, friend, that's not the right reason. The Holy Spirit will not do that, and there will be no traction there. But if I'm following through because I love God and I want to do what Jesus did, Jesus modeled true love when he loved the church and gave himself for it, and, and I'm modeling that when I love my wife, then I'm doing it for the right reason. Paul said, if Christ has set you free, stand firm. In other words, follow through in the right way and don't submit to the way that you used to live. Now, Paul, Paul continues to talk with, a, with the Jewish people about that. But for our time and for our need of follow through, think about this. In verse 16, th this is about to get really good. If you're drinking some coffee, you might want to get, you might want to pause the podcast and get your another cup of coffee. If you're drinking, drinking some water, you just you, you want to get some more water, whatever you're drinking, uh, Starbucks, wherever you are driving down the road, you might want to turn it up a little bit because it's really going to make sense now. In verse 16, Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the devour, desires of the flesh. Let me read that again. Galatians 5 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. To walk means this. You live in a way where the Spirit guides you day by day. Romans 8 and 6 puts it this way. Those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So, so let me ask you, 
we're, we're here together. Let, let me ask you, what does the Spirit have on his mind when he speaks to you in the morning? You say, what do you mean? When, when you have your time with God, what does the Spirit reveal to you? What, 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 what does he say to you? And through the day, what's on the Spirit's mind? Well, listen to this. Here's what's on the Spirit's mind. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You say, I'm trying to do those things, Keith, and I just can't gain traction. I mean, I, I meet people all the time who are joy killers, Keith. In my house, there's joy killers. My kids are joy killers. My parents are joy killers. Oh, friend, that, that, that is not true unless you choose not to follow through. You say, what do you mean? When you're saved and following through, joy comes from the Holy Spirit, not from people. Love comes from God, not from people. Peace comes from God, not from people. Patience comes from God, not from people. The Holy Spirit is saying, saying, I will give you patience when you want it from me because of me and you want to grow in me, that is, in his son, Jesus Christ. You want to grow in the Godhead. So that's if, you, if you're saying, how am I, do I know if I'm gaining traction? Here's how you know. Well, let's ask the opposite question, because remember what, what Paul put before us. Paul said this, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, so if the Spirit has these things on his mind, what does our flesh have on its mind? The flesh has on its mind to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is amazing. The, the old nature, that, that nature you had when you're thinking the opposite way, before you came to Christ, had its own ways of living. In this text in, in Galatians 5, I, I, I began to think deeply about this. And let's just see, is your life characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Or is it as Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, gives us a list of the desires of the flesh? I want to use the paraphrase version, the message. It's paraphrase version. Here, here it is. It is obvious what kind of life develops, and I quote, out of trying to get your own way all the time. You're repetitive. You're loveless. You want cheap sex. You are a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. There's frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. They're trinket gods. There's magic show religion. There's paranoid loneliness. There's cutthroat competition. There's all-consuming yet never satisfying wants. There's a brutal temper. There's an impotence to love or to be loved. There's divided homes and divided lives. There's small-minded and lopsided pursuits. There's the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. There's uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. And Paul says, I could go on. Now, friend, think about this. Are these the things that you're struggling with? If you're saying, I'm struggling to get over them, then you're not following through in the right way. For example, if cheap sex is what you're after, and you're saying, God, take away this, this, this thing, take that desire for that away from me, God's not going to do that 
until you want it for the right reason. When you say, Holy Spirit, you do this. I can't do this. When you just simply say, God, I, I surrender. Now, I hope you're getting this. Some of you are saying, I'm just not following this. Well, think about it this way. Here's, here's, here's how I want you to conclude this thing, bring it together. One is this, every Christian, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, you have two forces at work in you. There is the follow-through force of the Holy Spirit. But then there is what I call the foul-up force of the old nature. The old nature will foul you up, F-O-U-L. Webster's defines that word in regard to sports as this, as an unfair or invalid stroke or piece of play. It's one that involves interference with an opponent. So when Christians, listen to this, when they foul up, it's when the old nature is in charge of, of their lives. You see, your old nature is always there. And listen to what the Scripture says. If you belong to Christ, you crucify the flesh with its passions, Galatians 5 and 4. You say to the flesh, I am not going to listen to you. You take authority. Oh, I'm hoping you're getting this. True Christianity is a battle, and you must, listen to me, you must choose. Every day, who are you going to follow? We're saying the Spirit, you're not doing it. But if you keep following the flesh, you'll never do it. If you take those same patterns that you had before Christ, it will never change. But listen to me, Christianity has two forces. You have to make a choice. But also this Christianity is freeing, and it's a follow-through life. It's freeing. Paul says if you belong to Christ, if you've surrendered your life to him, and you say, God, every day, I'm not in charge. I have, I have, I, you say, God, I, I, the power for to win the battle is yours. I'm free, Lord, to praise your name. The past is gone. And listen to me, there's, there's power. I can tell you that in my past, there were some addictions that I had. And I tell you that when God broke the addiction, it's when I said, Lord, I submit my life to your direction. And God began to change things. He changed my why. He changed where I went. He, he put parameters inside in my life so that I would not do those things. For some of you who struggle, one of the books that, 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 I, uh, that I use with people who are struggling with a particular addiction of sexuality addiction, I go through them with a book called Every Man's Battle. And there's a student edition called Every, Every, uh, Every Student's Battle. But I would encourage you to get a copy. It's an older book, but to get a copy of Every Man's Battle. I would encourage you to get with somebody who's a seasoned believer, who's free in their faith, who's following through by belonging to God. Meet with them. They will be able to help you as you walk through that book. Ladies, there's so many resources that are out there for you that we'd be happy if you'll reach out to us at the 315podcast at jacksonfbc.com. If you'll reach out to us on the podcast, we'll be more than happy to get those resources to you that you can have victory over that. So true Christianity is freeing, but you've got to follow through. You have power now to resist. Paul calls it in Galatians, or excuse me, in Colossians, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. I'm saying to God, give me victory. You see, I can't contain this when I'm I'm trying to just talk today. The Bible says if you live by the Spirit, keep in step. You keep in step. What does that mean, Keith? It means this, every day, every day, every day, get up every morning and look at your life. 
This is, this is how I would end this podcast today. Just look at your life every day and say to yourself, Keith, am I following through? If there's something free in your life, celebrate that today. But if there's something foul, F-O-U-L, in your life, if, if you take it to the cross, bring it there and repent. Give it to Jesus and say to Jesus, I'm not living this way. I take authority in this in Jesus' name. If it's when you take inventory and look at your life, if you see the presence of the enemy, you don't have to do that anymore. You know what? You can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to where you are. There's, there's, a, wonderful, there's a wonderful reality of this. If you've ever watched, the, uh, it's in its third season, the, uh, the, the program, The Chosen, there's a scene depicted back in season one. It's a wonderful scene. I cry each time I see it. It is the deliverance of Mary Magdalene. Luke chapter 8 tells us that her story of Mary Magdalene had seven demons, and Jesus cast out the demons. Later in the series, I think it's either, maybe in season two, there's, there's, she is depicted, Mary Magdalene, as turning away from God for a while, giving back in to her, her, old, her old addictions. Now, I want you to hear this. I understand the creators of the program are trying to connect those who, who are stepping back, failure, that there is hope beyond it and you can have a second chance. But I want you to hear this. I think it's detrimental. I think it's detrimental to our faith, that, that particular scene. And you say, why? Because nowhere in Scripture does it say that. When God touched Mary Magdalene, she began to follow God, and she stayed riveted to Jesus. For example, when you see Jesus at the cross, who's at the cross? Mary, the mother of Jesus, Salome and some other women, and specifically every gospel that mentions the women mentions Mary Magdalene by name. She followed through. Who was the first one that saw the resurrected Jesus? It was Mary of Magdalene. And I want to tell you this today. God, when he fixes us, when he makes us new and gives us a new heart, listen, he changes us. And Mary Magdalene said this. She went out, and after, after speaking to the Lord, he told her to go to the disciples. She ran and told them, I have seen the Lord. You see, friend, when you look at your life, and you, and you come to authentic faith, and you surrender your life to the Lord, and you follow the Holy Spirit for the right reason, you're following through. I promise you today that by faith, you can follow through. Now, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, and the longer you've listened to this podcast, you realize you haven't had that relationship. I want to tell you this. Come to Jesus. He will free you from the way that you were living. He will break the bondage of your life. He came to give himself for your sins. And listen to me. He came to give you himself for your mind and your body to deliver you from this present evil age. Just cry out to him right now. Lord, I repent. And Lord, I, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and be Lord and Savior. Now, friend, when you do that, Almighty God is going to change your life forever. I would encourage you to reach out to me here at the 315 podcast at jacksonfbc.com so that we can send you some material to help you get connected so that you can follow through. 
I want to encourage you, those who listen today, that God has spoken to you. You'd reach out in the 315 podcast as well at jacksonfbc.com so that we can minister to you and help you along the way. I hope you share this podcast. You can see at the bottom of this screen, uh, you, can, you can see all of the, the different places that you can get this, this media production. I pray you pray for us. I pray maybe that you might send us a, an offering that would help us to continue. And we love you and thank you so much for supporting the 315 podcast. And until next time, may God richly bless you in the Lord.